The Titans suffered a bad loss in Tampa, and that's putting it lightly. So we're going to run through some of the overreactions coming out of the fan base on today's episode. Unfortunately, Jace Andrews is feeling under the weather, so Matthew Peterson here filling in for him. And before we jump into all those overreactions, help us reach our next milestone, 7,800 subscribers. We need 31 people watching right now who are not subscribed to go ahead and do so. So lock yourself in for free Titans content. A 20-6 loss in Tampa to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, where it never really felt like the Titans had anything going offensively and defensively. They were keeping them somewhat in the game, but I never got a sense watching this game that Tennessee was about to break through and pull off the comeback. So we have some overreactions to get to on today's show. Some of them are fair overreactions. Some of them are what they are, overreactions. And with that being said, let's get into our first overreaction, which is, Blow it up. Fire everyone. It's looking like it's going to be two straight losing seasons for the Titans, and people want heads, right? People want changes to be made, and that starts up top with the coaching staff. So you've got Mike Rabel, of course, Tim Kelly in his first year as the offensive coordinator, and Shane Bowen calling the plays or serving as the defensive coordinator. So three big names that could see some shakeup if the losing continues. This, unfortunately, is a poorly coached team, right? You just don't get to this spot with having all the talent that Tennessee does have. And listen, they have a lot of shortcomings. Quarterback position has been subpar. The offensive line has been bad. But this is not a team that is in a midst of a rebuild, right? This is a team that came into this season feeling like they could compete. They could go out and surprise people. And I, for one, thought they would surprise people and win more games than what they were going to give credit for. But I still believe... This is an overreaction. Mike Vrabel, in my eyes, is still one of the better coaches in the National Football League. I think he's arguably a top 10 head coach. I don't want to see him get fired. Now, two straight losing seasons, that's going to put a little bit of pressure on you. One straight losing season or one losing season, you can, you can get a pass, right? You can go, well, the quarterback got injured, and people are going to subscribe to that, no doubt about it. But two straight losing years, that's going to raise some questions, right? Mike Vrabel, last year, 7-10, and 10, unfortunately ended the year on a really low note, losing all those consecutive games. But that came off of back-to-back 10-plus -back win seasons. And before that, 9-7 and seven years to start his tenure. But now we're looking at 7-10. and 10. And then right now, if they have, you know, four more wins left in them, that would be two straight seven-win seasons. There are going to be conversations had if you lose two straight seasons in a row. So do you think it's time to fire Mike Vrabel? I think this is an overreaction. I definitely don't see this happening middle of the season. Now, I definitely didn't see John Robinson getting fired in the middle of the year last year, but that was more due to the A.J. Brown trade. I don't think we're going to see Mike Vrabel get fired, but we did learn from the John Robinson firing that the Tennessee ownership and the upper brass has very high expectations for this team. Next overreaction to get to. It's the worst offensive line in the NFL. That might not be an overreaction. Uh, the fire everyone's definitely an overreaction. This one might not be an overreaction. Look at the Buccaneers' defense against the Titans on Sunday. Four sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 13 QB hits. This was the worst offensive line of football last year. It was a major point of emphasis going into the offseason and then into the start of this year. And we're not really seeing all that much of an improvement, right? This one might not be an overreaction, in my opinion. 
a lot of changes were made. And unfortunately, when you know there's a problem, your team goes and fixes the problem, or at least they think they fixed the problem. And then you go into next year and the problem's not resolved. Well, now you have two to three big problems, right? Problem number one is the offensive line is still bad. Problem number two is the guy you hire to fix that problem. Say you have a leaky faucet, you hire a plumber, he comes, fixes the faucet, leaves, and it's still leaking. Well, now you've got a bad plumber. And in this analogy, you might have a bad GM. Or you got a bad homeowner, right? In this case, Mike Vrabel, going down my plumber analogy well here. No pun intended on that part. But you've got a lot of problems potentially in the mix of bad offensive line. That's a fact. Might be a bad GM, and you might have a bad coach coaching these personnel, right? Now, before we get on to the rest of my overreactions and whatnot, today's show was made possible thanks to our friends over at Game Time. Now, you should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. So let's say you're trying to catch an upcoming Titans game, you want to see a Preds game, or another sporting event in your area. Game time is the place to visit first. Now what I love about game time specifically is the ability to get last-minute tickets for the lowest price. As a UT graduate, going back to Knoxville is always a trip, but I don't have the $10 student tickets anymore. But with game time, you can get actual affordable tickets for elite SEC play. Well, I say elite, but not so much after the Mizzou game. Now, game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. Download the game time app create an account, and use the code TITANSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. Once again, terms apply, but create an account and redeem the code TITANSCHAT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Going back to the offensive line conversation we were just having, look at the PFF grades here. Chris Hubbard, 71.3, and that's the best of the bunch. Like, I always say for PFF, add 10 points, and that's kind of like what your school grade would be. So an 81 B minus, B minus is our A student. That's not a good group project. This is a group project made up of all kids that never contribute to the group project. Dylan Radon, 69.2. Aaron Brewer, 68.2. Peter Skaronsky, the rookie, we'll give him a bit of a pass, but 59.6. Andre Dillard, this was your big free agent signing. This was the guy that's going to come in and install a little bit of stability on the left side of the offensive line. Couldn't be further from the truth. 53.9. The offensive line has been dreadful. Okay, Titan overreaction number three. Will Levis should not be QB1. That's an overreaction. I think it's too early to pull the plug on Will Levis. I also think it'd be malpractice to have an absolute carousel at the quarterback position week in and week out. This is not college football. This is not Jalen Milrow in Alabama. You're in the National Football League, okay? Bama can get away with it because they play the school of deaf and blind the week after going down to South Florida. However, Will Levis and the Titans, they don't get to play FCS schools. They play the NFL. So you're going to have a tough opponent every single week. You have to build some stability. That's what the offseason is for, figuring out who your starting quarterback should be. In season, you can make one change. You can't make two changes. If you make two changes, 
it's a sign of the first change I made was a mistake. And I don't know what I'm doing as a head coach. Against the Bucks, though, Levis was not good. Like, we can just call it what it is. 19 for 39, inaccurate, 199 yards, and one interception. Now, you could accredit a lot of the issues to the offensive line, maybe not great receiver play, but at the end of the day, Will Levis was not good on Sunday against the Bucs. Now, I'm still not going to pull the plug on Will Levis because you are already, you, you have made your bed, right? You got to give him some time. This is just not going to work if you go back and forth. Michael Scott, sip, snap, sip, snap, sip, snap. How did that work out for him and Jan? Not well. So stick with Will Levis. You made the call. You made the decision. He's your quarterback moving forward. Work through the growing pains because it hasn't been an, uh, you know, an unwatchable disaster with Will Levis like it was last year with Malik Willis. We have seen a lot of bright moments. We have seen some big plays and some big-time throws from the rookie. you got to work through these rookie growing pains now. But I want to know, who do you think should start at quarterback? Do you want to go back to Tanny? Do you want to still stick with Levis? Let me know. Type the jersey number down below for the quarterback you think should suit up next week and the weeks following. Fourth, overreaction. Titans DB suck. Yeah, uh, they sucked on Sunday. That's for sure. Um, look what Mike Evans and Chris Godwin did to Tennessee secondary. I mean, Mike Evans, 143 yards and one touchdown. All reliable was reliable. Chris Godwin, 54 yards off four, off four grabs. Long as 17. Unfortunately, Tennessee's defense has some bright spots on it. No doubt about that. I still think it's... Well, it hasn't played like a great defense all year long, but I still feel, I still feel like this is a talented defense. There are a lot of skilled players on that ball that if they figure it out, they can salvage the rest of the season. But right now, the Titans DB is not looking good. Fifth and final overreaction on today's show. Derrick Henry is washed. It's kind of like that gift. Just when I'm about to be pulled out, though, just when I'm out, they pull me right back in. Just when I think Derrick Henry might be washed, he has a great game. It makes me believe that, you know what, it's Derrick Henry. The guy can run until 40 years old if he really wants to. But the Buccaneers run defense. They put the squeeze on Tractor Cito. 11 carries, 24 yards, 2.2 yards a pop. There was nothing on the ground whatsoever from Derrick Henry. And again, easy to go to the offensive line. But there is something to getting up there in the age column. All of those touches in the first Seven, eight years of your NFL career, adding up, losing a little bit of a step. 30 is just right around the corner in January for Derrick Henry. Those are factors to definitely think about here. I still think that Derrick Henry is not washed. Because when you say washed, I think of like Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy at the end of their careers. When they were like on the Chiefs and Bucks practice squad and they weren't even dressing for the Super Bowl. Derrick Henry is not washed like those guys were who were younger than Derrick Henry at that stage in their career. But Derrick Henry is not who he has been for much of his career so far this year. Like, it's interesting to look at the splits for Derrick Henry. Look at the touches he gets in losses and look at the touches he gets in wins. Now, you can look at that and go, well, you should give Derrick Henry the ball more, right? Give Derrick Henry the ball 20-plus times and you have won every single time. Week two against the Chargers, week four, week seven, 20-plus carries, you just win the game. It doesn't work like that. You can't open up with 20 straight run plays and go, all right, pack it up. We have one. That's the magic number. But when you are trailing, you need to pass more, so you're going to run less, so less carries. And when you are leading, you're going to run the ball more to bleed more clock off, 
So you're going to get more carries. So I don't want you to look at those numbers and think, oh, 20-plus carries, that's the magic number. No, it's not that simple, but clearly there is something to more success being had when you run the football. So give Derrick Henry the ball more. Because if you want to see this offense improve, leaning on your rookie QB who came in midseason is probably not going to put together the best blueprint. Where if you're Will Levis and you're like, I'm in the NFL, I'm starting for a team that is losing, all eyes are on me right now in Nashville. If you want to maybe relax and ease some of the pressure on number eight, going to your greatest player in franchise history and a future Hall of Fame running back in Derrick Henry can't hurt, in my opinion. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's show. I appreciate everyone tuning in, taking time out of your day to come hang out with us here at Titans today. If you enjoy our content, make sure to subscribe, like the video, share, comment, all that good stuff, and we'll catch up later. Thank you.